Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine. We are a member of the Believe Sports Network. Believe is the number one sports and podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? My name is Mark Sirianis. I'm your host, third Don Blackbelt, and the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine. Today we are excited on the program to have a returning guest, Master Ronnie Molina. You might remember Master Molina from a program we did way back in the 20s when he had released a book called Talking to the Masters. It was an interview format book where Master Molina had written, started writing the book as a passion project for his, at that time, sick and dying mentor and turned into an opportunity to interview some of the great martial artists of our days on numbers of topics. Subsequent to that time, those of you may remember, uh, Master Molina happens to be a longtime law enforcement person in Sugarland, Texas, and he has written sort of a love letter to the police department, a book called Above and Beyond, Heartfelt Stories of the American Police Officer. We've read the book. We love the book. We're proud to showcase it. And on today's program, we speak to Master Molina about the follow-up to his first book, about this book, and about how he's been dealing with training during this crazy pandemic period. So if you want to get either one of Master Molina's books, I suggest you check out Amazon or anywhere where books are sold. I highly encourage you to support our police support Master Molina, and to pick up this great book. Enjoy the program. We look forward to hearing from you. Please be sure to like and subscribe to our show everywhere that podcasts are heard. Thank you, and have a great day. How you doing? Right. Good. Good. So how's everything? It's been a while. I, I was looking, you know, you were back um, episode 27 of our, of our podcast. So we're into 100 now and we only go weekly. So it's been a That's while. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, it has been a while. So everything's well? good. Just uh, everything's weird with this coronavirus stuff. So yeah, sure. Sure. Um, you know, it's 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 day by day and hopefully we're right. For those who are not familiar with you, I'm speaking today to Ronnie Molina, who is master of the martial arts, who is a longtime law enforcement officer. In, you're still in Sugarland, Texas, correct? I am. Yes. Uh, who is who became acquainted uh, with us uh, when we interviewed you and we did a, uh, a number of, of pieces uh, regarding your book, Talking to the Masters which is a terrific book. In fact, before this, I was going to grab it and I realized I lent it to somebody. So I'm good. I'm glad you I have got it. it. I got it. <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody borrowed my copy. And we're talking today on the release of, I'm very excited about this, um, your new book, Above and Beyond, Heartfelt Stories of an, of an American Police Officer. And I just loved it. I, I just, I devoured it. Um, we have a lot of friends. As you can see, I'm wearing my counterterrorism unit hat. Nice. From, from New York City uh, counterterrorism unit. I think the book is just terrific. I think it's what's needed in this time. And I wanted to congratulate you. you 
So I appreciate that. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about this. Obviously, um, let's let's sort of close the gap. So when you were last with us, we we interviewed you about the release of your book, Talking to the Masters, which was very, very successful, which was well-received. You had some trepidation. You weren't historically career-wise an author, but it seems that that bug, that bug took, and, and here we are today. So tell me a little bit about that. What was the response to that one? How, how did that lead to this project? You know, I had a lot of positive feedback about uh, listening to the masters. It, it was dedicated to my instructor who passed away with cancer. Um, I actually started writing it before he passed away. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't get to see the finished product, but I mean, I talked to him daily, so he knew what was going on. Uh, a lot of friends, a lot of people online liked it. I interviewed a lot of really cool people, Bill Superfoot Wallace, um, Jeff Biscamp, Ted Gambardella, you name it. There was a bunch of people in the book uh, who were just high level martial artists. And I just got their opinions on all kinds of questions, what their favorite techniques are, just you name it, what books they're reading, which is a a big one for me because I read constantly. Um, matter of fact, I actually thought about going through and every single book that they suggest ordering it, but I haven't done that yet. But I, I've got a, a stack of books higher than my ceiling that I haven't even gotten to yet. So uh, I had a lot of good, re- a lot of good feedback, and a lot of good reviews from the book. So uh, I actually, when I talked to you last, I believe I mentioned that I had the idea for this book. Yes. And I didn't, I didn't have anything lined out. I think I maybe have had started writing, writing it, but at the very beginning, whenever I write a book, usually everything at the beginning, I scrap towards the end anyway. And I, I just constantly rewrite. That's kind of a fault, I guess. But uh, I thought that this book was kind of needed. Um, you know, I've been in law enforcement for in April will be 19 years. And we've kind of been hit hard this year or the last couple of years, really. Sure. And thought that it was kind of unfair because I know that there's a few bad apples out there, but there's a few bad karate instructors. There's a few bad Taekwondo instructors who who run shady schools. I mean, it's in every single field, there's bad people. And I thought that it really needed to be shown some of the good people in law enforcement. The majority of them are good people. In my opinion. And I do agree with that. And, you know, because of, of the work that we do and a lot of the um, the overlap in terms of martial arts, we have tons of NYPD and and um, people that are, are related to federal law enforcement um, that over the years we've trained with and gotten close to. And they are among the finest people that, you know, I've known in or outside of, of law enforcement. And, and you're 100 percent right. And through all of this craziness of this year, whether it be pandemic, um, whether exposing themselves to um, risk, whether it be through riots, all of them, you know, left their families and, and went to work and, and, and did over and above what, what was needed. And so, so tell us a little bit for those who, who aren't familiar, this isn't a story of, it's not a detective story. It's not a cop's television. Um, it, it's not in and of itself a book about your, I'm sure you could could write an, a really interesting book about some of your uh, arrests and some of your- uh, That's gonna uh, be when I retire. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, write yeah. that one whenever- Some whenever of the criminal enterprise. This is a very different kind, kind of a book. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, summarizing what, what the book is about and, and, and you know, how it is that you chose the stories there? Because I'm sure that there's a ton of stories that didn't make the book. 
Right. So I decided to make this one pretty short. I didn't want, I mean, my last book was, I think, close to 90,000 words. This one's 35 to 38,000 words. I can't remember. I wanted it to be shorter, mainly because I wanted to be a little bit lazier. Uh, the last one took a year and a half to do. This one took a lot less time. I was a lot busier when I was writing this book, so it took me longer than it should have, but I had a lot of other stuff going on, especially with the pandemic and everything that was happening. Uh, it's a, it's just a bunch of stories of police officers who went above and beyond what they're normally responsible to do to help people in their community. So we've got officers who saw children in need who ended up adopting the children. I've got people in here who bought furniture for needy children. I've got you name it, there's stories in here of people who have, and it's not always about spending money. It's just about how they've actually served their community, helped people who needed it outside of a law enforcement function. So, I mean, one, one gentleman helped an elderly guy move all the way across the country, you know, on his own time, just because he didn't feel like he should be driving alone through four or five states. Stories like that happen every day across the country. The news media, they want to tell you it's all about police brutality. Cops are beating everybody up. Cops are hurting everybody. And I'll be the first to admit, some cops do that. Some cops are not good people. Um, my experience is the opposite. I've only dealt with upstanding people throughout my career and had the few that I can remember who weren't on the up and up, they usually weed themselves out pretty quick. Doesn't always happen that way. You see in some of these huge agencies, Minneapolis or wherever, these guys slip through the cracks and they stay cops for a long time and they're doing bad things. I don't think that's the norm. I, I think this, this right here highlights that, you know what? The majority of police officers are great people. I, I, I do agree. So tell me about, the book is only out now. Um, we're talking about it's out less than a month, right? It just, or just mm -hmm. about a month. What has the response been from uh, inside and outside the law enforcement community to, to it? So far, I've gotten the majority of just people love it. People are hungry for good stories, uh, for positive stories. Cause all we've had in 2020 is it's been a dumpster fire the whole time. Right. Um, pe people love it. Now I have gotten some hate online. Some knuckleheads have been posting anti-cop memes and what have you, but the majority of people have actually just loved it. So it's great. And I mean, the good thing is it's they're short stories, right? They're, every story is short. It's punchy. It's, it's a quick read. Like when I read books, I'll look ahead. How long is this chapter? See how much time I have. Cause I have to read every night before I go to bed. I'll say, Oh man, this chapter is huge. I don't want to start it. Right. These it's easy. You can get through two or three in, you know, 20 minutes. That's great. Have you had um, situations where, it has generated people in law enforcement sending you more stories, like for potential for a follow up. I'm like, hey, you know, this story would be really great for your next book. That kind of not thing. yet, but I'm hoping they will. I'm hoping people will do that. That's great. That's great because a lot of times that's that's the the genesis of these things where people feel um, really you know inspired by it, and 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 there are so many great stories out there. People just don't necessarily always think to reduce them either to writing or they don't know how to right. reduce them to writing. So, and you know, I've and since this since I did this one, I've you know I I've subscribed to so many Facebook pages, police officer pages, uh, police department pages, and I'm still saving stories 
I, I haven't decided if I'm going to do another one like this. I, I probably will. Um, it was pretty easy to do. Uh, I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed writing it. So I, I've, I've been saving those. I've got them all in a folder. So I'll probably, uh, I'll probably use those here the next couple of months and start another one. That's great. That's, that's truly great. So tell me, let's, let's um, shift gears a little bit because when you and I spoke last time, the world was in a very different place from the standpoint of training. I know that you have a, at least one son who was very actively involved in training Taekwondo. I know that you have your, your own training. Obviously, the world has changed a lot. How have you guys managed in terms of um, dealing with training during this time? I don't know what the state is in terms of Texas, in terms of whether the dojangs are open, closed. You know, here we've had sort they of- They are open. Big. Oh, they are open. Yeah, they, they are open. Um, it's finally starting to get a little bit more relaxed uh, there for a while. It was a certain amount of people could be in the like. So my son would go to his class and I would have to stay outside. I couldn't go in. Um, at the beginning of this year, he had a broken foot. So he broke his foot doing like most martial artists do playing a sport outside of martial arts. Right, he, right. Was, he was playing basketball and he broke his foot. So we had to miss which they canceled anyway, but we ended up having a mission at Miss Nationals this year, which he was really hoping to get another gold medal. That had been three in a row. Um, and this would have been the first year he would compete as a black belt. So that would have been really cool. I was the AAU Nationals in Florida? Yes. Yes. Uh, they ended up postponing it, I guess. It wasn't completely canceled. They postponed it from down the road. And then he had just been out for so long with a broken foot. We decided, you know what? Let's train up. Let's wait till next year. We'll go do right. that. Training, just like everything else in the world right now, it's weird. It's just strange. Um, you know, that everyone's afraid of physical contact. Every, so there for the longest time, they were doing weapons. They were doing, you like almost like CrossFit workouts every day. There was right. no sparring. They yeah. just started sparring back and everybody's rusty. It looks like a bunch of beginners out there, which is fine. Um I know at, at work, we've been trying to limit our contact with people. So even, even other than training, just law enforcement in general, everything has changed so much. Like, uh, you know, we, we handle so many calls over the phone now, like that we used to show up in person, but they're trying to limit our exposure to people. We've had, I don't know, we've got 180 sworn officers at my department and we've had several out with the coronavirus. Now they've got the vaccine. We got several of them getting vaccines. I'm just curious how it's all going to play out in 2021. I hope, I pray that it gets back to normal or at least somewhat back to normal to where we can actually live our lives. Yeah. I uh, think for, we'll for the time being, I think you're going to see that things are, are um, definitely not the same. And then I think you're going to probably see once people feel comfortable, um, a little bit of zany, crazy, wild kind of other way type behavior. That's my prediction right. is it's going to get a little bit crazy. People are, are, are really longing for the contact and, and, the, and what you say about the sparring is interesting because we've been doing a whole series on the, you know, the postponed Olympics and, you know, even though the Olympics are due and they could conceivably happen um, this summer in Tokyo, the real question is going to be about those athletes is how ready are those athletes going to be and how rustier they're going to be when it comes to um, sparring in, on that level. I mean, you know, for so many of them, they hadn't taken any time off for years. And now all of a sudden they've been off for a right. year. You know, what are they going to look like? What is that competition going to look like? And how is it going to, I can tell you just from the, just from my son's school, which is a fairly large school. Everybody looks different. 
right now. I mean, for so long, they weren't sparring at all. And sparring is so important. It's so important. I mean, you've got to be used to getting hit. You've got to sure. be used to hitting people. And once you lose that for a while, you feel like a fish out of water. I know I do. Sure. Uh, whenever I've gone a long period of time without any sparring. And here lately, the only sparring I've been doing is with a 13-year-old. So, which, I mean, he's he's getting there. You know, he's he's almost as tall as me now. But, you know, it's a 13-year-old. So, once I actually get back with some of my buddies, man, and how bad am I going to look? You know, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, I know the, I know the feeling, right? I, and, and for me, I, I turn around and go, oh, listen, um, you know, the fact that, that you get to be a situation where for me, age-wise, if you're not doing it constantly, you're slowing down, you know, anyway, it takes you a lot longer to get yourself right. into that warmed up, you know, so, so it's, it's a double whammy, but listen, we're, we're all doing the best we can and, and, you know, thank God for the virtual to be able to do it. And, um, we've had a, right. mix, a mix here of virtual and, and live that we were shut down for a little while, but um, most of the schools are similar to what you say, limited class sizes, um, more space between classes, shorter classes. But again, most of it is uh, drills that people do on their, on their own. You know, you're doing drills, but you're all doing it simultaneously, not, right. not together. So, you know, it, it's good to do something. It's just different. Very different. So tell me, um, as we come, as we're winding down, um, what else is in store for you for the, the upcoming year? And do you even know? I mean, who knows, right? I mean, who knows what, what if I had asked you this last December, uh, what was in store for you for 2020, we, we, we'd be looking back at it going, wow, uh, who, who knew? I would have been completely way off. Right. Um, this year, I mean, like November and December of this year, even though we're going through the heart of this pandemic, these are the two busiest months in law enforcement at our place. Uh, you know, we've got a fairly affluent city that we work in and it just swells up during the holidays with shoppers and everything else. And even though the majority of things are probably being bought online, our malls, our stores are packed, which is a good sign. I'm happy about that because it means that people are braving the, the pandemic and they're going out and they're actually trying to live their lives. Restaurants are getting back to business. It's, I love seeing that. But I, I really don't know what's going to happen law enforcement wise. We've got this crazy election that's going on. We've got yeah. all kinds of political stuff going on. I'm just as curious as you are how that's going to affect the world. As for me personally, uh, I've started uh, a fiction novel. We'll see how that goes. Fiction oh, is great. way harder than than writing <laughs> these types of stories. Totally different. It's a totally different um, mindset. And I've I've done one or two, and um, it's a totally different exercise of, of the use of your brain than, than, than writing in, in, in this way. It's a little I've got some really good friends who are authors who I rely on, you know, Roger Lay, Ted Nolte. Uh, I rely on these guys. I call them with, Hey, does this sound like crap? And they'll say, yeah, that sounds pretty, pretty terrible. You know, or, or they'll say, no, that sounds pretty good. So uh, luckily I've got some friends that will give me some honest feedback. Um, so that's good. So I've got that. I've, I've thought about writing a few articles, uh, blog posts. I'm just kind of, you know, when, whenever a book is released, you know, you go through the whole trying to get it out there and everything. And then you kind of lose sight on, Hey, I should be writing some more too, you know? Right. So I've, I've really been trying to focus on writing, you know, every day, just That's like right. I try to do something in the martial arts every single day, even if it's something small, you know, I, I'm a busy person. I try to do something every day. That's going to make me better. So That's I don't great. know. You'll see, you'll see some stories. Hopefully I can push out a book a year, maybe two. So um, 
Well, that's great. That's great. Well, we'll be here. We'll be here to talk to you about it. So Ronnie Molina, on your release of your new book, Above and Beyond, uh, Heartfelt Stories of the American Police Officer, I want to congratulate you. I really did enjoy it. I um, I enjoyed it as much, but in a different way than I did the the other the other book. The other book, obviously, my passion for martial arts, and and I consider myself a martial arts historian. I I really enjoyed hearing those stories and hearing um, in people's own words uh, the the things that they they talked about in in talking to the masters. But this book, really, I I do agree with you. I think it's it's it is needed. It's a book for our time. People need to to be able to. Um, hear the good stuff that police are doing. Um, you know, my own kids, I got, I got small kids and my son asked me, he's 10 and he's like, why is everybody so down on the police? And, you know, it's the kind of thing I could share with him and be able to talk to him about these stories and, and, and hopefully he'll understand that, you know, as, as, as difficult as it is that, um, there's, like you said, the, the vast majority of people are, are good and, 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 and decent. And we want to attract more of them because so many in New York in particular, so many of the senior, um, you know, NYPD people have decided to call it quits and retire. And my heart breaks for New York, for yeah. NYPD especially, because those, you know, you you grow up and you see the the greatest law enforcement agency in the world is NYPD, and to see how it's unfolding yeah. right now with everything is it's it's devastating. It's sad. It, it is, and for someone who's been in New York their entire life, and I've seen the ups and the downs, to to understand how you know generationally it can be so short sighted, then you know especially when you look at those people and the role they played in not after 9-11 in particular, that, um, you know, it was the the bravery and the strength of the NYPD and the FDNY that really carried the city um, for people to talk about, well, we're better off with uh, less police and less money to the police. You go that, you know, those are people who really just don't remember or choose not to remember, or obviously have a different agenda. So, um, but my expectation is that that's not going to that's not going to be long lasting. That's I that, hope not. That, that, that's not, you know, uh, brighter days are ahead. And and we thank you for doing what you can to bring these things to um, to the national attention. So, Ronnie, it was really good talking it. to you. I wish you health and success and happy holidays into 2021 to you and your family. And I look forward to talking to you next year. Yep. Same to you. I appreciate yep. it. Very good. Happy holidays. All right. It was good. To yep. talk to you. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.